This is the Agile Thoughts Podcast, and I'm Lance Kine. Well, hi, I'm Troy. I'm, um, I'm a consultant in the metrics and the forecasting space. And I guess, you know, the question you always get is, how do you describe yourself to your mother? So uh, when my mother was alive, she said, I don't know what you do. And at first I sort of said, I help people move post-it notes and avoid paper cuts, a la Kanban. Then I sort of said, what do I do now? I teach mathematics, simple mathematics to executives. This is a series with Troy McGinnis, Man of Metrics. And today we have a special guest. Peter Minowski, I'm a technical coach um, helping teams do things right. And I'm interested in how to achieve that balance of doing things right against doing the right thing and doing things sustainably and that quality. So I'm interested in Troy's way of approaching metrics. Wanting to collect things is, is, is like part of the problem or knowing what you want to collect. Now, how do you implement the, the collection? There's two reasons for collecting and using metrics. You know, one of them is to sort of monitor where you are and improve and spot when there's a departure from normal that, oh, crap, what, what did I do to break the system? So that's the traditional sort of trying to see trends that are adverse. Now, if you do go down this balanced metric approach of that you should measure more than one thing and be knowing that by moving one, you affect another, what's important is the fact that you intended one of the metrics to move. <laughs> and even if there is a decline in another, that's not bad. It's only when it's more excessive than the value that you got about moving the first metric. So I tend to coach teams on using these metrics is that I don't want you to be excellent in any one of these, I want you to be sort of okay at all of them, and together we'll bump them up very slowly and incrementally. So it's about trades between these metrics that I coach. Like, sure, let's try and move our throughput up by like one story per sprint or one story per week. And while we're doing that, let's keep an eye that we don't degrade on quality and that we're still doing the work in the backlog in the order that was intended based on value. So if we can keep value high and quality high and increase sort of throughput, what do you have as ideas to do that over to your team? So what I'm doing is I'm saying, let's intentionally make a small change to try and push productivity a little bit. And while we're doing that, let's make sure we constantly watch and check each other on, say, quality and value delivery and, the fact, sustainability so that we're actually not sort of um, – not going to be exhausted at the end of each week so that we can't come in the next week. Let's do that together. So I tend to coach the team on what would be the early warning signs that we're trading too much quality for this throughput improvement or what's what's an early warning sign that we're cherry picking from the backlog rather than choosing the highest priority item to deliver. So there's that side of it where I'm getting the team to self-identify these trades themselves that there's, the trade-off is too expensive for what we're getting. And then the second use of metrics is that I have an outcome I want to achieve. I want to make customers 
I want to see that customers are clicking through the checkout path and not bail out halfway through. So I have an outcome of making sure more customers make it through a checkout path. And then I would be challenging the team then to sort of saying, well, what decisions would we need to make to achieve that? Well, let's pick another one in our domain. High work in progress. I want lower work in progress. And uh, so, all right, team, what decisions would you make to lower work in progress? Well, you know, um, maybe sort of unblocking blocked work faster or maybe um, helping someone else finish something before starting something new. Well, okay, what would you need to see to know that someone was blocked or that someone needed your help? Uh, well, you know, I might need to sort of know that um, someone's blocked. Well, what are we going to do to make make you see someone's blocked? You know, how can I make that insight easier for you to spot? You know, and it comes down to, well, maybe I will um, put a big highlight sort of work in progress by the age of that work so that if it glows orange, I know that, oh, crap, I'm going to stop what I'm – I'm not going to start something new. I'm going to go and get rid of some of this older stuff. Why is it old? Oh, it's blocked. Oh, I can fix that. Oh, I can help you. So it's called Odom. You know, start with the outcome. Ask the team what decisions they need to make to cause those outcomes. Then ask the team what insights would you need to see to make those decisions a little bit better. And from those insights, you need to build a chart or some visualization to make those insights unmissable, which is uh, often the problem. So Start with the outcome would be the short answer to the question. But they're the two ways I tend to coach against it. Your one is help the teams find early warning signs of a metric going poorly, that they've done something that's caused a metric to go poorly. And the other one is by asking them what decisions and insights they need to see to make those decisions to cause an outcome to occur. And, you know, you've got to do a bit of both. So what I'm hearing in your dialogue is, is it sounds a lot like uh, team coaching. Is that, uh, and then when I'm thinking of team, I guess they could be delivery teams, they could be business uh, agility teams, it doesn't matter. Is that kind of the level that you usually implement these things? Or are you also at the organization uh, creating some kind of large scale metrics across the organization? The outcome sort of style of metric tends to be more at an organizational level. What do we want to achieve as a as an organization or a group of teams? So that would be increased sales in a certain product area. So it would be then, well, what decisions do we need people to make to do that? Well, we need them to upgrade so we can sell them more add-ons or more products for that add-on. Well, what's in the way of them doing that now? Well, you know, they're not upgrading because of defects and they're not upgrading because of feature disparity. So my job is then would be to build visualizations of the maybe the defect counts that are blocking upgrades, maybe the sort of those sort of types of things. So the the six dimensions I mentioned before of of, of flow sort of measurement, they operate at any level of granularity, whether it be a feature or an epic or whether it be down at a story or a task at a team level. The, what you measure for each of those dimensions might be different, but the actual dimension exists. You can't say that you're doing lots and changing the world unless you also measure value. So the dilemmas between the those six dimensions occur at all levels of metrics inside an organization, the only precursor is is that something has a 
a date that you started it, a date that you finished it, and whether it's sort of value-added or just sort of surplus in defect fixing or sort of technical debt reduction, maintenance, and so forth. So as long as you can get those three elements, a start date, a finish date, and whether it's value or defect, you can do pretty much all of those, all of the flow dimensions we need to balance just from those three elements. You can get from most tools. That's the lowest common denominator of data that we need for tracking things that we're trying to do. Agile Grande teaches you systems thinking through dramatic storytelling, such as Carter takes a job to improve a logistics company's adaptability, but efforts to scale agile practices are being blocked by Mr. Chernesky, a vice president who's organized the company into siloed pigeonholes in order to secretly make millions with a dark web shipping service. Carter's life is in danger. He goes underground and a spy agency hunts for him. When Carter uses systems thinking, systems modeling, and organizational change to save his company and his life, you get to learn how to apply that to your organization as well. Get your free copy of Agile Grande at leanpub.com. Are you enjoying the episode so far? You know what would go with this episode really well? That would be some show notes. You've never heard of show notes? You know, if you're using a podcast player, they show up right inside of your podcast player for easy tapping. You just got to scroll into it. Now, if you downloaded this from a website, Go back to that website and you will find on that webpage the show notes and there'll be links back to Troy's company, the link to Troy's repository of Excel spreadsheets for tracking metrics and all kinds of good stuff. So find those show notes and you will find that cool specific content. If you're enjoying this series and you're like my friend JT and you missed episode 167, which is the the first episode that kicked off the series with Troy McGinnis, go to your favorite search engine and type in Lancer Agile Thoughts Archive and you can find episode 167 there. Next episode, more Troy McGinnis. How would you measure if a team or group of teams is operating sustainably. So even when someone as Asperger's as me says you need to worry about the people, you should listen.